Welcome to Ticket by Tidbits, where we share tips, advice and insights from event organisers for event organisers. I'm your host, Lisa Carson. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. For our returning listeners, welcome back. We have another great episode for you today. In this episode, we talk to Loy Meyerhauser. Loy joins us from Matt Brewing in Bozeman, Montana, where she manages private and public events at the brewery. Loy has had a great deal of experience working in the brewing industry. She's a certified Cicerone and enjoys attending beer events and competitions as a beer judge. In addition to working at Matt Brewing, Loy has her own events company, Fermentana, a beer and all things fermented events planning and promotions company. Their events include Craft Beer Week in Bozeman and a women's only education series called Beer Maven. The company also does conference planning for the Montana Brewers Association and the Craft Maltsters Guild. Loy's title at Matt Brewing encompasses the versatility of her role. She is the administrator of many things. In addition to event planning, she is the assistant taproom manager. She manages their sensory program, looks after merchandise and helps with social media management. With a background working as a teacher, Loy has a passion for education, but now in a newfound arena. Loy loves to educate people about beer, whether it's her staff at MAP or at her beer maven classes. In the episode, Loy talks about her role at Matt Brewing as well as her events company, Fermentana. She shares her experience as a certified beer judge and working as a female in a male-dominated industry. Loy walks us through the range of events she manages at Matt Brewing, including this summer's sellout backyard concert series. Loy addresses challenges and learnings from this first year running the event and how they will evolve it to improve the experience next year. Loy talks about her role, the event planning process, helpful tools, and reverse engineering from event day backwards to help you establish deadlines. She also shares her reasons for working with TicketBud and why they'll continue to do so. When Loy's not working on something beer related, you may find her traveling around to find the best dive bars in Montana, kayaking, snowboarding, or volunteering at the Montana Raptor Conservation Center. I hope you enjoy listening to my chat with Loy. Here it is. Welcome to the podcast, Loy. Thank you. You're joining us from Map Brewing Company in Bozeman, Montana today. Yeah. I haven't made it up to Montana, as I've said to you, so I'm really excited to get up there at some point. Now I have another destination to go to. It's lovely to have you joining us. Um, so let's chat a little bit about you. So first of all, I love your title. <laughs> the administrator of many things at Map Brewing. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely a small operation, so pretty much all of us do everything or a little bit of everything, so whatever is needed. Your role, um, we'll talk about your role managing events a little bit more in a minute, but I wanted to highlight some of the other things that you do. Yeah. Uh, so you are assistant tap room manager. Is that managing the tasting room or? Yeah. Yep. So that's just our, um, I kind of help out our like front of house manager with everything that she does. I manage on her days off and just assist her in hiring and scheduling and everything else that comes along with that. Okay. And then you also do all uh, designing and organizing merchandise and social media and uh, like brewery newsletters. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of that. One of our owners really enjoys that kind of stuff. So again, I just kind of help all of that flow smoothly, help bring his merchandise designs to life uh, and (laughs) help with ordering and all of that and uh, designing you know, marketing materials and that kind of stuff. Okay. And then what is the sensory program that you help manage? Uh, So sensory is basically we're tasting the beer before it goes out into the tasting room or into bars and other um, restaurants and things like that. So just making sure we're creating a quality and consistent product. So it's just setting up blind tastings for a group of folks that work at the brewery who then help kind of 
you know, identify issues before they become a big issue or just like giving the green light to beers before we put them out into the public eye. Nice. So you're also one of the founding partners of Fermentana, which is a beer and all things fermented events planning and promotions company. You organized Craft Beer Week in Bozeman, Montana, and a women's only beer education series called Beer Maven. Uh, Can you tell us a bit about that role and what events you've been involved in planning and promoting? Yeah, so that's lovingly referred to as my side hustle. So uh, my business partner and I, her name's Jessie Bussard, and we started Fermentiana because Bozeman didn't have a craft beer week, even though we have um, like the most breweries of any town in Montana. And so we felt like craft beer week was something that Bozeman really needed. So we started our business as a way to organize craft beer week. And then we kind of grew our business into doing these education classes Beer Maven is one of my personal favorites. I love doing those women's only education courses and teaching people about beer. We also do some conference planning, uh, helping with brewfest planning, some consulting, smaller events planning. So all of it having to do with beer and other fermented goods. So yes, I should mention that you're a certified beer judge through the uh, beer judging certification program. So what events and activities have you uh, participated in as a beer judge? I have judged both commercial competitions and um, homebrew competitions. So I've judged the uh, North American Brewers Awards, the Best of Craft Beer Awards, and then, you know, a smattering of homebrew competitions here and there. Judging like helps me keep my beer palate uh, kind of fine-tuned and helps with the sensory program we were just talking about you know Um, the more I'm judging beer the more I'm kind of critically tasting beer which is helpful for that judging as well so yeah that's a really fun nice little perk yeah I love it. I can imagine there's like most beer judges I would have thought would be men. So I I love the idea of a woman turning up saying I'm going to judge beer now. Yeah. I mean, I think the craft beer industry is definitely diversifying both, you know, with women and people of color. And it's really cool to see the industry kind of looking at themselves with a critical eye and being open to really expanding. But it definitely is still a male dominated industry for sure. So can you tell us a little bit about Map Brewing Company and its location? It looks really pretty. I've had a look on the on the website. It looks beautiful. I know. It's funny because we get quite a few folks that are visiting the area who come through here and I frequently get told how lucky I am that this is my job. I get to drink beer and look at a gorgeous view and I get paid to do it. So it's not all bad for sure. But yeah, we're we're a relatively new brewery. We started in October of 2015. So we're just coming up on our four-year anniversary. And I joined on about a year and a half after they opened, starting as the taproom manager and then kind of shifting into some other roles. We are located on the north side of Bozeman. We're like kind of right on this park with a pond and right on the edge of the Bridger mountain range. So we have a pretty stellar view for sure. That patio looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's a good place to spend an afternoon for sure. And our brewing team makes some pretty incredible beer. Um, So it's definitely a team I'm really proud to be a part of. Oh, nice. So part of the marketing strategy of the brewing company is that they host uh, a number of different events. So obviously that's to potentially draw more uh, customers in from concerts or community pint nights or guest speakers. Can you tell us a bit about the different types of events you offer? Yeah, we definitely are. um, We do a lot of events here at Matt Brewing. We, I would say they kind of fall into a couple different realms. So we host weekly live music and that's like one of those consistent things like every Sunday, every Tuesday, we host live 
live music. Folks who enjoy attending those, that kind of a thing just know that that's going to be happening. We also definitely provide a space for organizations to host different events. The one that comes to mind that has been super successful is we've partnered with the Bozeman Public Library a couple of times to do trivia nights. So they did like a sci-fi trivia evening, which was really fun. They did a band books trivia, which was really fun. And we have kind of like a mezzanine upstairs area that's it's open to the rest of the tap room, but it's a little bit separated. And that's a great space for organizations to host events like that. Okay. And that is the type of event. I put that in a different realm than like our music because most of the planning was done by the Bozeman Public Library. So we kind of act as a host to organizations that need a community space. Okay. And then we do, we, this summer, which I'm, we'll talk about a little bit later too, but uh, we started a concert series outside, which was a kind of bigger task than the smaller scale events that we usually yeah. do. And then uh, you said to me about speakers as well. Guest speakers come in or? Yeah, so we've had a couple different things. You know, as a, a brewery, we are connected to uh, ecological resources, things like water. Um, all of the folks that work here are very outdoors centric people. So we've definitely had some speakers here talking about conservation issues, you know, in terms of water or public lands and that kind of thing. So this was the first year you held the Map Brewing Backyard Concert Series. So this was a summer concert series with six shows held over July and August. Why did you guys decide to create a summer concert series? What were the key objectives and how did you measure success? Yeah, so uh, this has been definitely a dream of one of our owners for a couple summers now, like wanting to do a bigger kind of concert uh, outside The way that our, you know, you've seen the pictures of our patio and there's sort of a natural amphitheater in this little hill that goes down to the pond. And it is a really incredible natural background to just relax and enjoy some live music on a summer evening. So this summer we kind of decided to to go for it and plan these six shows. We did Wednesday nights. It's hard, you know, during the summer there's so much going on. Like downtown Bozeman has concerts on Thursday nights and Uh, trying not to step on anyone else's toes in terms of events happening around town. So Wednesday kind of seemed like a good evening for us to host that. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, coming up with the whole scheme of, of getting that stage kind of down right by the water. So they were kind of as close to the water as they could get in that beautiful setting. Yeah. And sort of what was the idea behind the concert to get more of a community at the at these events, to get new people to come out to it? Sort of what was the thinking behind it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think that at the heart of it, like wanting to provide our community with a really memorable and pleasant concert experience. We have a couple like indoor concert venues and there's another brewery in town that has hosted some really nice concerts outside. Uh, but we just wanted to give our hometown community an event that showcases what Montana's about. Live music, beautiful setting, great beer. Yep. And we felt like we could kind of manifest that. Okay, I like that. How do you sort of, uh, I guess, capitalize on the success of it? Because I know it went well. You obviously have, you know, all the contact details of people who came to those events. How are you going to build on that? You know, we learned a lot of lessons, as you do the first time you execute anything. So I think for us, 
coming away with learnings on, uh, it was an outdoor lawn concert. So for example, for the first concert, we had some folks who we maybe didn't clearly communicate that. Okay. Um, it was an outdoor, like it was a lawn concert that we weren't providing chairs. So having that contact information and being to drop everyone a line before the concert and just kind of give them the rundown, like, hey, bring a blanket or a folding chair. You know, it's going to be cash only once you're inside the event. So make sure you swing by an ATM. So managing that communication. Yeah, yeah. Being able to communicate that, especially for us with each event, as we were kind of learning what we needed to do, it was really helpful to be able to do that. There's always, even though you've got it on the website, there's always like people to forget about it until oh, just yeah. before the event. They're like, what? Oh, I needed to bring a chair. What? Well, and you know, I mean, and I'm totally guilty of this too. Like if I just see something I want to go to, I don't like read the paragraph. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I love this band. I'll go to that. Click. And then like show up and, you know, forget something. So, and it'll be nice too, you know, in future thinking in the future, like the people who came to this year's concerts are going to be the people who are going to keep coming to the concerts. So we have the ability to give them first access to tickets because they attended last year and having that contact information stored is going to be super helpful with next year's series as well. And you've got more, I guess, more chance lead up and more chance for them to like tell other people about it as well. Exactly. So what was the atmosphere that you created at these concerts? So you, can you sort of describe it? Because I know it was a you know family friendly event. There was a like a beer wine garden area. We called it the Backyard Concert Series. And I think we sort of took that backyard ethos to, to heart. You know, it was people brought blankets and chairs. Families were welcome. So there were always little groups of kiddos playing Having that um, beer and wine garden was lovely because people, you know, enjoy mat beers and had the ability to enjoy wine as well um, and just kind of relax in that really like backyardy feel, that relaxed feeling that you have drinking a beer on your own patio maybe, um, but with the addition of a live band and a pretty awesome backdrop. Sounds good. So what was your role in managing the concert series? I was the day of person in charge. So definitely handling all of the day of execution of the events. In terms of like leading up to the events, we definitely divided and conquered. So our owner um, was in charge of finding the bands and kind of handling the music aspect. And then he also was in touch with the stage lighting and sound companies to kind of handle the logistics of all of that. And then the stage company actually left the stage set up all summer, okay. which was nice because they didn't have to then come in and out every single week to set that stage up. Once the doors open, checking on everyone, making sure everything's flowing well. And So how far out did planning start? I think that we started really diving into planning in February and March. Nailing down bands for dates was definitely the first Task. That was first thing off. Yeah. Yep. So once we um, and so that was kind of the first step because we decided on Wednesdays. So we had to find we used bands from the Bozeman area or kind of from Southwest Montana. So we did use all. So they're all local. Yep. So we did use all local bands. Then once we had the bands all kind of settled into different dates, we hired a designer um, to create a really beautiful poster to advertise, and then we were able to kind of start building around the bands, but the bands were definitely the key thing to to set in place first. Did you have any tips or tools for sort of keeping on top of anything, Uh, anything that you used in particular? The owner that I was working with, his name is Dash. So Dash and I were working closely together the whole time and we're a great team because he's very visionary and I'm definitely more like details, like how are we going to make this happen? 
So we're a good partnership. You always, always need one or yes, the other. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, we kind of like set out a timeline at the beginning when we first met and he was like, this is the summer, we're going to do this. And I was like, great, let's create a timeline. We just sort of backwards planned, you know, if we want to execute on these days, um, you know, we need to have all the, you know, promotional materials done by this day. We need to have bands done by this day. We need to make sure the sound is good to go on this day. So yeah, just kind of building that timeline backwards. I would say we did not excel at using a platform called Trello, but that definitely helped us keep everything organized. Um, I think that, again, we have a lot to learn in how we could more efficiently use that, but that was a really great way for us to kind of organize all the tasks under each to-do list. You know, you've got to-do lists for the bands and to-do lists for the logistics and to-do lists for signage. So organizing all that in Trello was helpful for us. Trello is good. And uh, Monday.com is really good for doing I've, stuff like that. Yeah, as I've well. heard that too. But I use that. Really? It's definitely worth checking out. It, I find it really, I don't know, something about it is very visually appealing and it's easy to just run through tasks and get stuff done. So helpful you can create different nice to boards. look at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like helpful and it's just like when you look at it, I'm like, yes, green, dun, 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 yes. Yep. <laughs> so, Love yeah. it. So you mentioned that obviously the, there were learnings um, all the way, a long way. What were some of the key challenges and learnings from doing this the first time and how do you think you will improve things? Obviously communication was one. Yeah, so that was definitely something that we had kind of all the details, you know, on the Ticket Bud page we had the details and on the, each Facebook event we had the details, but again, like, People don't necessarily read that. So what's the best way to continually communicate that really important information to people? Um, There's also like we have some interesting laws with the alcohol, which most states do. But the way that we got our permits to be able to serve alcohol on the lawn is that alcohol from the brewery couldn't go into the lawn and alcohol from the lawn couldn't go into the brewery. And for folks who don't know that law or who are unfamiliar with that, that feels frustrating. Yep. So coming up with systems for us on how to, how are we clearly communicating um, the alcohol portion and just the way the laws we have to work around for that. Yep. Um, it was a little tricky. And then, you know, we were selling tickets in house, like physical tickets as well as online tickets. And so, um, you know, especially the last show, like sold out way ahead of time and trying to figure out systems for balancing that, like keeping an eye on how many tickets are for sale in the tap room and how many are online and, and figuring out where that line is, where they sell out. Um, yeah. yeah. So you don't like, oversell. <laughs> right. Yeah. So those are some of our kind of like biggest issue learnings and, you know, problems that we need to solve for sure. So when you were selling tickets in the tap room, were you inputting those um, sales into TicketBud? No, we were not. We were doing that um, with ticket sales at the door, um, but not with the ones that we were selling in-house. Yeah. Well, something you can do next time because I know there is an ability to do that so that you can be inputting if you're selling tickets on the door so you can see at least that you're not going, it sort of counts towards your limit. Yeah, and I think being able to have our, uh, like our bartenders do that as well would be awesome. Yeah. So you obviously worked with TicketBud for the event ticketing. What were the benefits of working with a ticketing company to help manage some of this? I mean, well, hands down, the customer service is 
phenomenal. Like uh, you worked with Blake, the gentleman that I was <laughs> you worked like, with Blake. I worked yeah. with Blake, who I cannot sing enough of Blake's praises because he was awesome and just answered any questions. Super helpful. We had like an all event pass, so someone could buy a discounted ticket, and you know that would count as a ticket for each concert. And so Blake was super helpful in kind of troubleshooting that and figuring out how to do that on TicketBud. So, yeah, I mean, hands down, the customer service aspect of making that happen, you know, having the funds sent weekly and not having to worry about that. All I did was get an email that was a summary and being able to track that way. This concert series is the first time we had looked at TicketBud, maybe even heard of it. And for, for Montana, we've like used other ticketing sites. And so when I started, when we started doing this, this is the first like real ticketed event we've done at MAP. And, you know, I was kind of like, oh, we've used these other things and I'm familiar with them. Then TicketBud like got good reviews. And after chatting with Blake, I was like, let's go for it. I think this will be great. So I, you know, I think with Fermentana stuff now, we do a lot of ticketed events with that. So We'll probably start shifting over just because there are so many options. Being able to take tickets at the door with cards through TicketBud was huge so that we weren't trying to do that through our POS in the tap room or, or anything like that. So being able to do that all physically in the lawn at the door was amazing. The way we would kind of set up coming in to the concert, like once the doors opened, we would have one line that was checking in tickets and then one line that was for purchase okay so that was a great way for us to keep it moving yeah you also had like a picnic dinner available was that something people like pre-ordered or how did they organize that on the day we talked about that and I'm sure that'll come up again next year about potentially including it in the ticket or something like that we did not this time we just had it for sale at you know once you came in food was available in the beer and wine. Tell us a bit about the promotion for the event. So what sort of channels did you use to get the word out? Because it's obviously the first time it's been run. So you're sort of explaining what it is. And we don't do a ton of like print promotion here at Matt Brewing just in general. So we did some print posters just to hang around town at coffee shops and stuff. And then just social media. It's all about getting stuff out on social media. We have a pretty good following on Instagram and Facebook. So just getting the word out that way. And then, you know, we have little table tents on the tables in the brewery that have information about events. So putting it on there as well. Uh, did you do paid social media or was it just on your own channels? Uh, we do. We did do some paid social media. We don't do a ton of that, but we definitely did some sponsored posts for this, especially because, I mean, the majority of the tickets we were selling were online ahead of time. Um, we did raise the ticket price at the door to try and encourage people to buy their tickets ahead of time. So by having that easy click through on Facebook to just go, you know, click through straight to the website to TicketBud to buy the tickets was really helpful. What were the sort of production logistics on the day? We had to set up a physical barrier. So we actually had that like orange kind of construction or like snow fencing that we would have to like unroll on these stakes and set up a physical barrier. And that was um, required of us by the city because of the alcohol permitting. So we had to have that physical barrier. So getting that set up, you know, the stage was already there. And then the sound and light guys would come in and just kind of set up on their own. And then it was just setting up all the little details. Uh, We had signage out in the lawn. We'd set signage up at the front gate, you know, saying, check in here, buy your tickets here. So 
setting all that stuff up and then just helping the catering company get set up with their beer and wine service, bringing the food out. We had some t-shirts made, so bringing the merchandise out and, but somehow all of that ended up taking like most of the day. Yeah. And there's always like things that pop up that you don't expect to to be to deal with as well. Yeah, exactly. You plan to run this event next year as well? Yeah, I think that one thing that we're going to do is try is I think we're going to do fewer. So we did six this past summer. And I think we're going to cut that back a little bit and try and just do a few, like fewer, but bigger. Okay. So maybe look to bringing in some bigger regional acts and do the bigger shows. The other thing I was going to ask you about was, as a woman of many talents, you also do uh, conference planning for the Montana Brewers Association and the Craft Maltsters Guild. Yeah. So what are some of the different things you've got to consider when you're planning a conference? I mean, conference planning is its own beast. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about this, conference planning is sort of like this concert series in that, like, you have to kind of get speakers and then you can fill everything else in. But yeah. finding a great keynote speaker and and that kind of thing is, is a really important first step. And then you can kind of build yeah. around that. In conference planning, you're, you're still providing that whole experience, but it's just over the course of a few days. So we have tried really hard to create some systems or some like fun things that engage people. I like forced networking can feel really yep. annoying at first. And yep. then once people really <laughs> dive into it, they tend to like relax and have a good time and feel like that was useful. So providing some opportunities for people to connect with each other and sort of force them to do so, because in the end, I think they appreciate it. Engagement's a big thing yeah. with conferences, whether it's networking with other people or engaging with whatever, you know, whether it's booths or different companies or sponsors, is trying to find different ways to encourage that. What sort of things have you worked with in terms of engagement strategies? Engagement during sessions, honestly, having candy on tables, giving people little sugary boosts, little snacks, maybe doing granola bars or apples or whatever is really helpful. In each room, we have little contests going, so we'll have count the bottle caps for a chance to win a prize from our sponsors we've tried some bingo type things for the trade show portion and this year we're thinking about creating a little more competitive with that grouping people by maybe region so if you come from this region in montana like this whole area whoever gets the most bingo stamps from your region get something and that kind of thing. Creating some gamification, yeah, Yeah, getting people to compete and have fun. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And then one thing that's been really fun, which is an idea that I got from a a different conference that I went to, was um, a swag swap. So everybody brings a T-shirt or a hat or something from their brewery or their company, and then we kind of organize them in something that looks like a store. And then if you brought something, you get to go get something. And so it's a way, that's a good way to connect all of that, those pieces. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So I also like to get some general advice from guests on the show for other event organizers listening. So what are some tips and advice you have for event organizers when it comes to promoting and managing a concert series? For us this first year, we weren't really sure what to expect in terms of attendance or even just no idea what to expect. And so <laughs> we did, I think, not max out our marketing. You know, we went pretty simple just with posters and on social media. And I think thinking, you know, forward thinking, 
for next year, being able to put things out on the radio. Um, our college radio station here has incredible listenership, so that's a really great avenue for advertising something like that. You know, I think thinking about who you want to attend. So this concert series was definitely, again, that backyard vibe, very family-friendly, and so I think a, a huge market for us was, you know, like younger families in the Bozeman area. And so thinking of ways that we can target them to come to this super family-friendly, fun summer event. And then just managing the events, it's all about that backwards planning and creating those deadlines for yourself. So that it's not all crazy at the last minute. Yeah, yep. And I think, honestly, a year's worth of time is, I mean, I know we didn't plan with a full year for this last one, but I think thinking about if people want to do a summer concert or concert series or music series or whatever it is, start now because all of a sudden things come up and then summer is upon you. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, yeah, you know, it's all of a sudden it's the holidays and then it's January and then it's March and then it's May. And so I think even a year to put something together is that's good. Yeah. And then you probably have more options with things like bands because you're getting in early. So Exactly. Yep. Especially if if you're looking for, I think, you know, for us, we're starting to look now for next year because we are looking to move towards some maybe bigger regional acts um, to kind of draw a larger crowd as well. So doing that now, a lot of those bigger bands get booked out super far in advance. So what career advice would you like to give to your younger self? I always ask us this. I think go confidently in the direction of your dreams, right? Isn't that a famous quote? I mean, I was an elementary school teacher um, okay. and worked in, in elementary education for a while and always kind of wanted to be in the brewery industry. And I think with some organization that I learned in the education field, the event planning comes really naturally to me. So I think kind of diverging from this path for, for me, like right out of college, I want to be a teacher and then getting into it for five years and kind of being like, I don't know if this is for me. It was hard, but, you know, I think advice for my younger self to jump in and, uh, you know, go, go in the direction you think you want to be in. I definitely think, you know, sometimes people, uh, go start down a path and they think, oh, I've invested in this, so I should keep going. Right. I quite often go, no, because then you're just right. wasting more time doing something exactly. you don't want to be doing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all, you all chalk it up to learning. It's like you said, there are skills you will have learned and picked up along the way that you'll be able to use but perhaps in an area where you really want to be working. Right, exactly. Like backwards planning a school year for how you're going to teach it is exactly like backwards planning events. So uh, because we talk about events, I want to ask you about a great event you've attended uh, and what you liked about it. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I love going to music festivals. And a few years ago, I was living in Oklahoma City and went to this big music festival thing that was organized by uh, Mumford & Sons called Gentlemen of the Road. And it was super cool. It was in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and they had shut down a lot of the town. Or not shut down, but like taken over, I guess, a lot of the town. And they had a bunch of different stages and tons of fun stuff going on. And it was really hot because it was an Oklahoma summer. But to me, thinking about it from an event perspective too, just so much um, respect and appreciation for the, the level of detail that the Gentlemen of the Road series had to put together was, was pretty awesome. Nice. That sounds great. I would have loved that. It was fun. Well, it was great chatting with you on the podcast today, Lori, and it was lovely to have you as a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. And until next time, this was Ticket by Tidbits.